You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host, Neil Pickup. And as always, I'll be here. Oh, no, it's... Well, we're right on the cusp of World Arm Wrestling League's 506 event in Atlanta, 25th of September. Only a couple of days away, and we got unfinished business on this show. We've been speaking to all the athletes who will feature on the card... There's two really notable exceptions, and they are in the middleweight division. Tonight, ladies and gents, I'm going to be joined by two of the most outspoken, two of the most endearing and well-loved, two of the most charismatic arm wrestlers in the world. They are cornerstones of the World Arm Wrestling League's middleweight division, and they'll go head-to-head in Atlanta for the hammer. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bama Bull, Justin Bishop, is here tonight. And right there alongside him is the man he will face. It's the middleweight champion of the world, Rob Vigent Jr. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have the privilege, the honour of having the reigning hammer holder, Rob Vigent Jr. on the line with me. And he is not alone because we're also joined by the Bama Bull, Justin Bishop. Gents, how are you doing? All good? Doing well. Fantastic. Now then, now then, now then, let's get stuck into this straight away, fellas. The middleweight division is probably the division with the most chat surrounding it. And not just because Danny Tesh is the strongest arm wrestler that's ever lived. <laughs> it's more around the fact that everybody thinks that this guy should have got the match, that guy should have got the match. The announcement has come out, and I'm going to go to you first, Rob. 5-0-6, only your second match of the year, but you got the shot done and dusted last year against a man many people thought should have got it. Paul Lynn has only had one match in there, and you find yourself staring down the barrel of Justin Bishop. How do you feel about that, mate? Are you are you happy, and do you feel like Justin should have been the dude to get the shot? I absolutely feel like Justin should have got the shot um, because when we were coming into the finals... You had a lot of guys that were 1-0. and So there's a lot of question marks there that just the way this season played out, there was no real elimination process. So you got to kind of default back to experience and the body of work. And mm-hmm. I think that um, you had a bunch of guys 1-0, but where Justin had experience last year, he had a, a, a good season, only losing to a guy that went to the finals. And uh, his showing this year and how he handled a guy I greatly respect, I think is, uh, I mean, he's the best. He had the best record overall. So I think he was the most deserving given his his experience. Make a really good point, mate. I'm going to come to Justin. Um, Justin, obviously, when you got that shot 
Was it something you expected? Were you surprised? I know you've been lobbying hard for for that that, that opportunity. Are you sort of delighted? Or are you buzzing? Do you feel like you're uh, you're taking flack unnecessarily? No, nah, I mean I was definitely excited to get the shot, uh, especially considering last year I was two and one and I didn't get an invite to the finals at all. Mm -hmm. I was pretty disappointed about that. But um, you know, I figured when they when they told me it was between me, Storm, and um, Paul, I felt like I would win that because based on everything Rob just said, pretty much, if they looked at, um, you know, the actual accomplishments and achievements and all of this, you know, the body of work, as Rob said, then they would have to choose me, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But, you I think, know, I'm excited to get the match for sure. I think one of the things there that you, you both alluded to was, you know, that, that, that public opinion thing and everybody saying, uh, online is nice to be able to find out who the fans want to see get the match, but it's fair to say that there's a number of popular arm wrestlers out there. Paul Lynn, for example. I mean, Paul Lynn, guy who's come in, he's had one match. He's clearly a rising star of the sport. There's no doubt about that. And Paul is one of the most endearing guys you can ever wish to meet. I mean, you only have to spend two minutes in that in the room with that guy, and you'd like invite him around to shag your missus. I mean, he's just an absolutely <laughs> lovely dude, isn't he? You know. But Paul maybe doesn't have any more of a shout at that. And I think, you know what? I think Paul, because of that, it, once he climbed off your missus, you'd be like, Paul, do you think you should have got that title shot? And he'd be like, nah, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> so, joking aside, Storm, last year he got the shot in the final. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way for him. But what that does mean, the reality for Storm is, that it puts him down that pecking order. And I, and, and I think that's really... That was largely one of the factors that, that sort of earned uh, you the match, Justin. And I want to stay with you for a moment, mate. Obviously, you're looking at Rob now, and anybody that looks into Rob's um, distant and recent past will see two very, very different arm wrestlers. Rob, back in the day, has been that man who had a few holes in his game. The biggest one that we always laugh about at every competition where I see Rob is that he's a bit of a nutcase. And he'd show up at somewhere. He's like Vitor Belfort. If the right guy showed up, he's going to take your frigging head off. But he may have already taken his own head off before he arrived at the hotel. You know, he was that kind of individual. But it seems like Rob is in a really, really good place. So I think... What I wanted to say for you, Justin, you, you must be in a situation now where you think, you know what, nobody can take this away from me. If you were to get a win over Rob, and it might be, everybody might think that's a bit of an upset, but what they couldn't say is that you didn't get a good version of the man. I agree. I mean, and that, I was saying that in the uh, other podcast I was on. I don't I don't want a half-step in Rob. I want the full, you know. So if that happens, if I win, you know, there's no excuse to... Um, you know, and I agree 100%. There's used to two or three years ago, you know, maybe a little strap issues, a little head issues. But I didn't, from what I've seen doing my homework, I hadn't seen a hole that the man has. So, you know, I definitely got a mountain to climb here. But, you know. Rob, when, same sort of thing to yourself, really, mate. I mean, when you look at your performance uh, over the last couple of matches and I'm not talking about just the win over Tuye who's been a dark horse for you in the past he's been a guy who's been a bit of a bogeyman and you and you did exceptionally well with Craig um, going prior to that when you pulled Storm there was a lot of people at that time were saying yeah well Rob's got that vulnerability 
the strap could be his enemy, and if Storm can get to the strap, maybe he's the man who's going to take the match. And yet you came out and you dominated in the strap. Do you feel like the 2019 version of yourself is the best you've ever been? Because we've seen you, let's be honest, mate, we've seen you pull really impressively, sporadically. One I always remember is you win over Marcio in Armwoods. Yeah, I think uh, my goal is to get to the best I've ever been. And I had a period of time where I'd say back in like uh, 2009 when I did the Rule of the Nation mm-hmm. and in the heavyweights. I won the year before in 2008 in the 98s, and then I jumped up to pull heavyweights, and I made the uh, final four there of the super heavyweights. And that day I had wins on like, uh, well, Travis, I pinned them, but they didn't call it. I beat Don Underwood, Dave Chafee, so I had a great day. And I think that really I was really on a strong path and then I took some time off and pulled Marcio and hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, knocked me back for quite a few years and changed how I pulled. And then all these other issues arose where I was, uh, whether it was not training or I was overthinking things. And I started being kind of like when a golfer loses their swing. I had a couple years that I was sidestepping. And then now I'm getting back healthy and my confidence is getting up. I feel uh, I'm starting to pull good again. I'm getting back to a place that's equivalent. With that, with I feel like there's still a good trajectory now that I'm getting back to a healthy body and confidence that it's not like I have 15 years experience. It's kind of like each month as I'm healthier and stronger and more confident, I'm, I'm hitting new, new peaks, you know. So, uh, yeah, I definitely had some spotty years, but I'm coming to a good spot. And when you look at somebody like Justin, Rob, how do you sort of break him down in terms of the threat that he presents? Obviously, Justin got on most people's radar when he won impressively at the UAL. He took the pin off Giannis Amelins and um, did so where Giannis is strong, managed to top roll Giannis and, and gave him trouble in the final as well. So one thing that everybody knows is that Justin possesses a really, really solid hand and wrist. He's also relatively explosive when he's on his best form. Are these things that concern you? I know when we spoke uh, back before you pulled Craig Tuyer that you would very much, and I think, think some, some people actually see you as like this super gifted caveman where you just rock strong, but you don't think your matches. You don't analyze things. And I've heard people say that about you quite a lot. My experience of you, Rob, is absolutely the opposite. You're a very analytical guy. I mean, when we spoke about two years, going back to what I was saying there, you seem to have sort of measured all those threats, measured those concerns, and sort of weighed up the odds on where you felt you'd made improvements. Do you find yourself doing a very similar thing with Justin as you come into this match? Absolutely. Um, I've made a, a very conscious effort in the in recent times to not fall into that uh, Anderson Silver type line of thinking where I can put my head out there and, uh, you know, dance around and play and then you get caught and knocked out. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always uh, more on the fearful side of anyone that I go against, even if on paper the world tells you you're better because I don't necessarily believe it. When somebody has the tools to beat someone like Giannis, I don't need to pull Giannis to know where he is. I know he's a WAF champion, a Zlotty guy, a world-level tested guy. So I have immense respect for someone's tools like that and uh, the tools he possesses. You know, I've heard Justin say in a podcast that he believed he was a better strap pull than me, and I believe technically he probably is. 
Mm-hmm. And I believe that a guy like Storm is probably a better strap puller than me. I was just a good deal stronger than him. So yeah. I'm, I'm, of course, anyone that's got a skill set that high, I don't really know what's going to happen till it happens. So it, it, it puts me on edge. And I do think that I analyze a lot. People think that I'm just a, a goofy-ass caveman that goes out and drinks a gallon of wine and you know rides the magic bull and acts like an asshole. But I, I do have an understanding of what's going on in these matches. Sometimes it just comes down to setups and application. I mean, you see all the couch cowboys who say, oh, you should have top rolled, you should have back pressure, up pressure, fuck pressure. It doesn't matter if you can't do it with somebody or you're getting set up in such a way that you can't fire those things off. It's not mm-hmm. that the person doesn't understand it. Sometimes there's more in the mix of that match than all these couch cowboys understand until they feel it. Absolutely. And I, and, and I know that that can be nuances around the referee, their cadence in the go, small things that may be throwing you off on that on, on that particular day. Justin, when you're coming into this, do you feel like um, it's justified or there's any justification with people saying things to you like, you are strong in certain areas, but Rob is stronger in those same areas? Or do you genuinely feel like you've got areas where you can exploit, Rob? You feel like you've got genuine key advantages and moves that you can make in those areas? I definitely feel, you know, I can I can do what I need to do to win. But, um, I mean, I can see where everybody's got their point of view. I mean, if I looked at it from a spectator's perspective and all these statistics and all this other shit, you know, you would say, uh, well, you're strong in the hand, and but he's stronger, you know. Mm-hmm. But none of that shit matters. You know, if I, I don't want uh, easy matches, you know what I mean? I want to know that I'm the baddest dude there. I've yep. asked for several matches that I didn't get. Um, hell, I asked to pull Tulier two or three times, but I guess unless you're Devin, you don't get what you want. But, <laughs> you know? But, I mean, in the same perspective, I'm not sitting over here on the couch. You know, everybody's like, ah, well, Storm did this to you. And it's pretty much like what Rob said. I mean, so many variables go into that, to the uh, one match that you can't see. I mean, I I never once felt comfortable in that match at all. Not to say that's the reason I lost, but Mm -hmm. it's a lot of shit. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to pull somebody else, too, and they backed out. And I picked up on the match, but... You know, for me to get this opportunity is I'm not I'm not going to say no. You know what I mean? Just not. I mean, I wouldn't give a shit if my arm looked like Jerry's. I'm going to do the same thing Jerry did. I'm going to say yes. You know, let's go. Because in my mind, I'm the best, to, you know, in the division. And in my mind, that's what I'm going to prove on the 25th. You know, it really doesn't matter. I like reading the comments. I love that shit. That's what I yep. think about when I go in the gym. You know, but well, it's funny you should say that. That you know, Rob was slated to pull someone else, they pulled out, and you got the shot. Um, that ain't the case. No, no that's what that was last year when I pulled Storm. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It, I, yeah. I, 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 I fascinated, I like reading the comments as well. I like, you know, you can't help but, I mean, I'm in a situation where it's difficult for me to answer. Uh, <laughs> in a lot of these cases, <laughs> and you know, I'm not both of you know, I'm not the kind of guy who's backwards at coming forward, so. It's difficult yeah. sometimes when certain individuals push buttons, you know, but I, I, I don't respond. Um, what I would say is that in terms of how the rationale behind Justin getting the shot, 
uh, I feel like it was really, really justified. And I did see every step of that decision-making process. I was in a privileged position to do that. Um, but I agree with it wholeheartedly, mate. One well, of the things... Here's the thing. Yes, so here's, go. Here's the thing that I was looking at, right? So mm-hmm. I'm one of, I think, three or four lightweights they pulled up to middleweight. Mm-hmm. And so far, as far as I can tell, I was the only one to have success. And I feel like I'm one of the few lightweights who could do that and come up and pull at this level and still have success. And I feel like Rob is the only middleweight that could probably go up in weight and do that same thing. So for me, there's no question this is the biggest match, you know, that I've had to date. And um, not coming in half-stepping, you know. Well, let's let's keep there for a second, Justin. Let, let, let's answer that first that first little bit of a bullet there that people are coming out with. I'm going to fire a, a comment at you, and you tell me what you think, and then I'm going to fire the same question or a similar question relating to Rob, and we'll see what he thinks. So, Justin, here's the question. People are going out there saying Justin Bishop's a good arm wrestler, but he's a lightweight. The guy's not a middleweight. He can't come up to middleweight, and he can't beat the top puller in the middleweight division. He's a small guy. He can't be at weight. There is no way that this guy is anywhere near 200 stroke, 205, 198 limit. He walks around at like 176 to 185, and he's going to have to try and beef up weight, but his frame doesn't carry that. What's your response? Um, I've been small all my life. It hadn't made a shit yet, you know. <laughs> That's my main response. But, I mean, honestly, I've beaten guys, I mean, way bigger than me all the time. You know, it's to me, strength everybody is strong at this level you know to me it's more about who's smarter you know i mean you're not going to go to worlds and, and place top four and one of those four guys be weak you know everybody all four of those guys are going to be the shit mm-hmm. and i mean i beat top european people before top americans i mean <clears throat> um I mean, it doesn't matter to me who it is you know i'm gonna size is the most train. overrated fucking thing in the sport that's what pisses me off. I'll just say that. Size is the most overrated thing in the sport. Mm-hmm. It's a scapegoat for weak people. Yeah. I agree. All I know is that, that I can I can bring over uh, to some of the people that say these comments, you could easily bring over a, 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 a truckload of European arm wrestlers, Ukrainians, Russians, Georgians, Uzbekistans, Kazakhstans, that might weigh yeah. 154 to 165 pounds. And will seal the faith. Well, I just pulled that um, that Armenian guy that's been over here for uh, a couple months. I can't really mm-hmm. pronounce his name, but um, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Yeah, insane power. You know, mm-hmm. and he walks around at 175 pounds. There's a difference between the way arm uh, American arm wrestlers pull and European arm wrestlers pull. I have a great deal of success when we go uh, flat or hand to hand. And uh, they have a great deal of success when we go bone to bone joint, you know, in there in your arms and all on your joints and stuff. I think uh, my my response to that sort of in some respects, Justin, I mean, not necessarily. I think sometimes there's sort of an uh, the North American psyche is that over the pond, you know, beasties be here. You get to a certain point, there's a line in the sand, and once you cross that. Uh, everybody that's bred in that area is a certain type of individual and it's just a different type of individual. I don't necessarily buy into that. I, I think sometimes it's just around some of the guys that, that you encounter are the very best of those people. You know what I mean? You will right. get guys from a certain country and, and it's a bad mother. They're doing that in their country. 
You know, they're rip, ripping people to pieces there as you know, well. You got to think, you got to think that when people make these arguments, they're hedging off like the hand, the half dozen guys around the whole fucking globe out of a population of like 7 billion. They're like, oh, well, if we got Bob, I am over here in Prudnik and they're using those guys as the poster boy. Like there's 10,000 of them lined up that are all the same prototype. It's like these guys are going through Europeans like water. You're picking the two legends like they represent all of Europe and all of Asia. It's like, no, it's two guys. It's like Michael Jordan doesn't represent all of the NBA. That's not every person in the NBA. And I think what what it comes down to is that if you are one of those chosen few in any area, and I mean this with the greatest respect, Justin, I don't think you're where you're going yet, mate. I think yeah, you're a young arm wrestler in many ways. You've started arm wrestling and you came in with a fire. You know, you came in with a blaze because of your character, because of your personality. But I think you're still evolving and I think you can uh, you can go a long way. I think you've got massive potential, which you've not yet realized, you know. For sure. I feel like uh, a match like this is, is what I fucking arm wrestle for. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't. I've, I've, I don't get get off going to nationals, and I don't get off going to uh, these other little tournaments. I, like when I go to these local tournaments and do super matches, I don't pull guys in my weight class. I pull guys in the supers and the forty twos and shit like that. Yeah, because I don't know. I, I guess it's kind of like I was talking about the other night. You got people who compete, people who are scared to lose, and then you got warriors who go out there and seek that one person that can beat them in their power. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it, I think to encapsulate it the way that I've always sort of addressed that from me personally, I always found that I was very successful if I wanted to win more than I was concerned about losing in any given scenario, whether that be at an arm wrestling table in a this fight in a whatever. It's down to motivation and capability, and the and the two will marry somewhere. And if you're capable of winning, and you're mentally tuned into that potential then, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Great things can happen. Guys, we got to take a short break right now, but please do not go anywhere. We will be right back speaking to the Bama Bull and Rob Bidget Jr. in just a few. to the show guys let's get back in the mix with rvj and the bama bull let's look at the wider middleweight picture then lads okay not to sort of deviate from your match because we're going to come back to that a little bit as well but i know that um let, let and where we're going to start here is i'm going to throw some names at you and i want to get your opinion on these guys and, and let's see how how you see them i'm going to start with an old favorite of mine ryan bowen <laughs> <laughs> You may go first or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, Justin. You, you go, yeah. um, You know, I'll, I'll stick with the same thing I said the first time when nobody was listening because I didn't know Ryan Bowen. <laughs> you know, I was expected to go out here and crush the guy. And I was just telling people, like, look, I can watch video and tell if this guy knows how to arm wrestle. It's hard to gauge his power because we haven't pulled any anybody – you know, the same, the same people, but I can definitely tell you he can arm wrestle. He understands it. I've tried to teach enough people to arm wrestle to tell if they can understand what I'm saying. And very out of a hundred arm wrestlers, I can pick three that I can 
message back and forth to where they can understand what I'm saying. I don't even have to, you know, do it in a phone call, mm -hmm. but I'll give him that. Now, as far as power, um, when I went over there in 2017, he didn't even lift weights, you know, and I'm, I'm, he, he believed that as long as he arm wrestled, this Devin Lorette belief is what he called it or uh, something to that nature. I'm like, mm -hmm. look, look, guy, if you want to be strong, you got to lift heavy shit. And that's just the bottom line. You know, you got to lift. And, well, let's not forget he, homeboy gained like 40 pounds real fast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, my thing is you, you gotta, you gotta lift weights and, um, you want my opinion on me and him? I think I'll do the same shit I've done to him the first time, except worse. Because, honestly, I know he loves to live off those last two matches we had where he flopped my hand back. But I knew at that point there wasn't a damn thing he could do. And I just stuck my hand up there and let him run from it. And, you know, when they tightened the strap down, it didn't matter. I knew by that point, you know. But if you look at the first four matches, I just kept him flat, pinned him easy. What about you, Rob? Where you got it? What, him, as a, down on the or, him as a puller or him versus me? Uh, him as a puller first. All right, as a puller, <laughs> I agree with what Ryan says. I agree uh, with what uh, Justin says. I agree that he knows how to arm wrestle. I think he's also at the advantage of where he really started catapulting himself is when his channel became lucrative enough where he could pretty much arm wrestle full time. Yes. So yeah. whether it's being uh, content or going around to uh, fill his channel or whatever it is, he now is always surrounded by top arm wrestlers. He's always mm -hmm. going to tournaments. So so he's really immersed in the culture and yep. just, you know, taking all that in and learning. And now your job is, you know, whether it's income or to, to get better, like you're a full-time arm wrestler to some degree. And you are going to have a bigger advantage than guys like us who got to go bang away on a roof or, you know, slinging a hammer and then go work out. Like you, you or Paul Lennon will go banging around on everybody's wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think that he's a skilled arm wrestler. I also think that he really tries to thrust himself out there. Uh, you know, I think he uses a lot of things as ways to kind of glory, give himself some glory, like the arm fights unleashed. He was on every single card there. Mm -hmm. And I think that he he's really trying to catapult himself into a position instead of it, uh, letting it happen organically. Um, so, I mean, well, he got and under my skin when he, he referenced my hammer as Todd Hutchins hammer and that chapped my ass. And he became like kind of a person I wanted to hurt from there on. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say the uh, result of catapulting yourself into positions like that, not letting it happen naturally is like ass whoopings like I gave him. Yeah, exactly. And he's been doing that. He's been, uh, I want to pull this one. I want to pull that one. And that's okay. I get eagerness, but I also get where uh, it becomes a little, you know, it's a little much. I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's, but to some point in arm wrestling, you know, uh, once we're all skilled, there will be a strength curve as well. And I think there are people that are just going to be too strong for him. I look at his match with Alan Guerra. And he had all the control, all the positions, all the straps. And he was struggling to put that dude away. And I yeah. don't think that body-wise he's got the power yet to make the, the noise he thinks he's making. I think that's, that, 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 that's, a, that's a pretty solid uh, read, that last element. From my perspective, I'm going to start by saying I love the, the guy. I mean, I love him. He's great. I, I, 
I mean, he's misunderstood, I think, a lot of the time. But when I've had the, the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time when he came over to Arm Wars from the days that Justin referred to. And um, super endearing individual, lovely guy, really oh, smart guy. And he's sure. doing nothing. As you know, Justin, that man is doing nothing by accident, you know. Um, that, 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 that man knows the ingredients of his friggin' breakfast. Let me tell you now, there is no accident in anything he's doing. The other thing I would say is for me, he represents partially for the normal arm wrestler out there. He is the most dangerous kind of adversary. And I'll tell you why, because he has a tremendous attitude to arm wrestling ingrained in him. He doesn't give a rat's ass about winning or losing. He's diligent. He's got a natural humility around him in terms of what he'll take in. So he'll listen to all the comments and every comment, and he's smart enough to gather a lot of things that might be worth trying, and that will make him progress quickly. My uh, concern for him is exactly what you two have said, in that he's trying to do that really quickly. And I've had to speak to Ryan a couple of times and said, you know, do easy. He's like my 10-year-old son who wants to grow up. You know, every day I have to be like, easy, brother, take it, take yeah, your time. Right. You know, that's kind of what I told him uh, when I went, because he was like, pretty much, I'm going to beat your side pressure. Next year, <laughs> I'm going to go and beat Todd, uh, Todd's side pressure. And the year after that, I'm going to beat Devin. And I'm like, you're not lifting weights. Mm-hmm. You ain't doing any of that shit if you're not lifting, you know. And I think but, the other <laughs> thing is, I think coming back to the point that Rob made, um, you know, if you... If, there is a natural evolution. There just is. And at the end of the day, like Rob said, when you're talented, you're talented. When you've got determination, tenacity, endeavor, intelligence, all the disparate elements that go down to make the person that's going to perform well in any sporting endeavor, you also have got a natural talent pool that you can draw on for that sport. You know, if you are an arm wrestler, you need a rock strong hand and wrist. You need all those abilities to join up. And the man who has the most of that, I think, is going to go further. And I don't believe that Ryan is a natural strength freak. He's not one of those guys that, you know, had a 14 inch penis when he was nine years old. He's not that guy. <laughs> you right. know, everybody knows that guy that you walk, you know, you, you literally heard a slurring noise. You turn around and it was his floppy dog on the floor. There was just right. a guy in the showers when you were 10 years old. It was already 42. And yeah. I think <laughs> Levan Saganashvili is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Levan, he was 11 when he was born. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was never that uh, that sports guy either until I started arm wrestling. Although I will say, I've done manual labor since I was ten, but and I got really good genetics. You know, my dad is fucking never works out, and he is strong, probably the strongest person I felt who never works out. Do you think that hand and wrist of yours is normal though? Do you think that's uh, do you think that's something you've built, or was that that already? Because I think it was already there, Justin. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I had coming in on that side is uh, my hand and wrist. And I had to just develop everything else, which in my mind, uh, if you, I, I was asked this question a couple weeks ago. If you could start off with the power or the intelligence, and I would start off with the intelligence because most people can never get that. Mm-hmm. Anybody can go lift enough, long enough and get strong. I mean, of course, genetics and other things can play into that. But if you lift long enough, you'll get strong. 
But if you did not comprehend this certain move or this certain technique, you're never going to pull it off. Well, let me let me play devil's advocate there. Let me get in on that one. To some degree, I agree with you, but then you'll get the guy who is determined to bench press 300 pounds. He might not have a good strength base, and he might work out for 10 years, and he gets closer and closer and closer. Just genetically, he doesn't have that gift of strength where 300 pounds for him might be a decade of work. He might never get there, whereas some fucking weirdo might lay down and his first time on a bench might push 300 for reps and he never did it. And that guy is going to go further being a fucking silverback than the guy who's put 10 years in the gym. It's it, it, those guys are the exception to the rule, but they are out there. And this is when I had this conversation with Devin about genetics. I said, and he's like, Oh, work, work, work. That's cool for posters and how we get people to join the military in masses and, You could do anything you want to do. Well, listen, there's a bazillion kids out there playing basketball right now from sunup to sundown. How come there's not a legion of LeBron James running around? How come Mm -hmm. we're not all LeBron James? They all want to be that dude. They all want to get out of the ghetto. They all want to be millionaires. They all want to have their own sneaker lines. But none of them are dunking from the free throw line. How come? It does come because then there comes a point when you stop putting big tournaments on. What happens when the normal guy that trains his ass off to be good is competing with the guy who's got good genetics that trains his ass off and what about the guy who's a fucking weirdo trains his ass off that's why you get guys like eric spoto who lay down and can push 750 raw and guys who bench their whole life and never get the 400 yeah yeah there's the you know there's that predisposition thing and there's the there's the learned strength and um there's the genetic raw top end and i'm gonna go to our next guy uh, on that one danny tesh Oh, well, that guy is, um, he's, he's different. I say I pulled him left-handed when I went down there. Um, I was very undersized. I was, he was probably 208, 210. And, uh, and I was right around 197, 198 when I flew there. By the time I arm wrestled, I was about 189. Um, I don't know if it was the flight or the, the food or whatever. Anyway, I wasn't feeling that hot, but, uh, after I pulled, um, Ryan spanked him. They had two more matches. One of the guys broke his arm. So needless to say, it was like three hours later. I didn't have a couple beers. And um, so I was having fun with it. And I smacked him the first time. Second time, it kind of looked like him and Quinlan's match. So mm-hmm. for, for me, and that his left is his better arm from what I hear. And uh, just looking at him, right, I'm going to compare him and Ryan, right? He, Ryan takes him to the red line every time they pull. And if I'm not mistaken, only beat him like once out of 15 times or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I know what Quinlan can do. And I love Quinlan with everything I have, but he's not the same Quinlan from 2015, in my opinion. And because um, I pulled him then and I pulled him recently, you know, within the last year or so. And it wasn't the same guy. But I, with all due respect to Danny, I think he can. Um, the, the game he plays is dangerous for a lot of people because he can go all day. It's kind of like that Devin Lorette style, you know, where they just squeeze you the whole time, you know. But I don't think he can beat me. It's just my opinion. I mean, I don't think he can – I don't think he could hook me, and I don't think he could beat me on a hook. That's just my opinion. What do you got on him, Rob? 
Uh, yeah, he's a guy that's interesting because he gets a lot of hype, a lot of love. In my argument with Ryan Bowen on this online, going into Quinlan, was he was telling the whole middleweight class what was possible based on what his idea of possibility was. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's most of the time when people say, no, you can't do something, it's because they can't do it and can't believe that you can. Yeah. So right. he's like, oh, if that match stops, you can't, you can't beat him. If he turns you in a hook, it's over. No, you're talking from your experience. You've just got a narrow mind that, that you think because you can't, you're the, the pinnacle of the sport so no one else can. And honestly, everyone that I've pulled that's had even moderate success with me has been hugely evasive. They've, <laughs> they've peeled their hand away. They've run. They've looked for a hole. And even when I was injured... The only pe- person I couldn't burn through was Todd Hutchings. And I was a true 195 and injured every time we pulled. We hadn't been uh, pulled since 2016. But even still, everybody at 200 pounds, I, I manhandled. And mm-hmm. a guy like him, who's a scoop type of catcher that's not going to evade me, that's going to allow me to use all my tools, all my hand, all my back, all my arm, mm-hmm. He's going to actually exactly. play a game to let me do what I want. I've never had a person. I've had one person that's fully committed to me that I remember. I remember when I pulled Dan Moser out in Vegas, and he grabbed me with a full hand and threw his shoulder up there, and I was like, is this motherfucker going to try to manhandle me? I was like, this is beautiful. I'm so used to people trying to dick around and get away, and when they said go, I beat him in a fraction of a second because somebody actually put a hand fully on me, and I just can't be made to believe that anybody, I feel, especially with as strong as I've been getting right now, I think the match could stop. I think it could start on his side of the table, and I just think I burn him. I mean, let's pick up on that, Rob, because obviously you are that you are not a normal dude. I mean, you are an absolute <laughs> freak. I mean, if you look at what you design, if you were going to make an arm wrestler, you're pretty much what you design. I mean, you've right. got the legs of a friggin' sparrow, and your upper body's like the Incredible Hulk. You're like made for this. Oh, mate, absolutely ridiculous. So when you hear somebody like Ryan or anyone else and they're saying, you know, you don't understand Danny Tesh. I mean, I remember I spoke to Devin who's saying Danny Tesh is a super athlete. This guy is exceptional. You know, he's cut from a different cloth. Are you kind of sat there thinking, dude, I'm the duvet that that cloth you're talking about was cut from before they took the chip off. You know, I, I, you're not a normal. Well, that's that's exactly person. how I feel. I feel like in any sport, everywhere, there is a level, and this is what brought me to the sport. Was I felt like I was a little bit. I could see that there was a difference with me and other people, and but I wanted to know, like, well, I'm not really beating anyone legit, so I started going to tournaments, and then. I realize that every region has their level of a weirdo, a guy who dominates their region. And then he goes to a bigger area like all of New England or all of the South. And then he realizes there might be two or three weirdos show up from their region. But who's the biggest weirdo of those weirdos? Mm-hmm. And then you go to something like nationals and then worlds and so on. I mean, Danny might very well be a weirdo. He might be the guy who gets drafted first round pick into the, I'm going to defer back to like the NBA. He might be like uh uh, one of the top guys that you wear a t-shirt of, but mm-hmm. then there is Michael Jordan out there too. You know, you might be a first round pick, but there might be a guy in the league. that's still going to run circles around you and dunk over you and burn you. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he's a yeah, first you're a very talented athlete to get there. You know, <laughs> he, he, he's a first round pick in Australia. He's not a first round pick in North America. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I do think that like there's guys that round. can beat him on like what Justin says. You know, I, I, I do think that there's a handful of guys in the league. I mean, I think Craig Toulier would molly him because you want to go underneath and scoop with a guy that's that heavy and hard hitting only because I've got a retarded bicep. Was I able to dig that match out with the way Craig set up with me? But mm-hmm. I mean, straight WAF rules. I don't know what would happen with me. I do know what would happen with me and Craig because I already won that match under the worst circumstances. So if you give me anything remotely more fair, I win easy. But Craig I think a guy up. short of my arm, I don't believe Danny has close to my arm. I can't be made to believe it because when I was pulling strong and healthy, I was putting the layup of guys like Marcio's shoulder press, John Brzezink's hook. So when I've been healthy, I've stonewalled these guys. And do I think that Danny's that dude? No, I don't. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I could have kept going for so much longer. But unfortunately, i got to wrap it up. We've run out of time, ladies and gentlemen, and we got to bring the curtain down. But I want to say a massive thank you to my guest tonight, Justin Bishop, the Barmable, Rob Vigent Jr., the reigning hammer holder. They go head-to-head in a couple of days' time, and I could not wish them any more luck. Ladies and gentlemen... I want to say thank you for tuning in, for checking us out, and I hope you'll do the same again next time here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.